everyone, and welcome to the 183rd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro. Hi, guys. And Emily. Hello. How cold is it for everybody? Is it getting no. cold? No. It's getting very cold here in Canada. <laughs> I live in SoCal, and it cannot make up its mind. It, it'll go cold, and then it'll go back, it'll go like high 60s and, and then some days it'll go back to high 70s and low 80s and they go back and forth it's like socal does not know what it wants anymore yeah i think emily for you it's very decidedly oh it's cold now like yeah like people it was one of those days where like people were like coming into work and they were like oh it's cold out today better get ready for the winter <laughs> yeah like that type of small talk when you're working retail i was like oh yeah, yeah. oh man i yeah, would say for out. me <laughs> i I was in your boat, Churro, for a little bit, like, where, like, in the morning, it was freezing cold, at least for my standards, That's freezing how it is cold, for me. and then and then in the afternoon, it's just like, oh my god, I gotta take off everything. Yeah, because <laughs> so when I wake up and I check, like, the weather, it's like, it's like 45 to 49 degrees, and then by the time it gets, and that's like 6.30 in the morning, by yeah. the time it gets to, like, 7, 7.30, it's, like, already, like, up to, like, 60 degrees. Oh my god, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, it gets, it can get pretty hot. It can get like, I guess in Fahrenheit, it would be like up to 75 in the afternoon. And like, I'm, you know, that that's great weather, no question. But if you are dressed for, you know, the morning being like 40 something and, you know, it's suddenly 75, it's like, oh my God, I'm sweating. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, But yeah, uh, anyway, for you new folks. Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And we have a two-segment show today. We have our news segment and a question segment. Wait, we have news? What? News? What is that? Oh, ye of little faith, you do not know what lengths we go through, what mental backflips we go through to find the news, but you can trust that if anybody's going to unearth some crazy news out of nowhere, which by the way, this time it's not crazy news, but if we're, if anybody's going to like flip rocks over and find some worms like in uh, Lion King, we will be the ones to dig up the grub. You got it. And uh, we got some more for you. It Look, I, I, I would say this news segment, one of its most amazing features is not the news itself. It's the fact that we got news. <laughs> like, I think it, that that meta level of what the news segment is this time, that is what is interesting about the news today. So I hope you can at least appreciate it on a meta level, not on a low level you know we we you know we in the kingdom hearts community we're all very high level thinkers right so i hope you guys will enjoy this on a very high level of thought and not be base and just think like well that's not news look you got you, you have to see see beyond and see the fact that hey there's news at all in this segment and there hasn't actually been news how did they do that and i hope you find that interesting <laughs> anyway so, in the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers are as follows. 
we have Nahika Blaui, Chris Morales, Zach Duranto, who's at ZDuranto58, Michael Graham, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tori Patrick, Fayez Bilal, Alex Ray Snyder, who's at Alex Ray Snyder, and uh, Emily, if you could take these next few. We have Louis James, Rachel Kastchen at Urbayun Ray, Mohammed Quan, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjian, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We got Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Miles Ribbons, Espel Aila at Red Peppers, Rob Porter at Square T Bird T1, David Calro, Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Cappy, Vita Nidas and Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And if you guys want to check out our YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash khunionvids. We got a lot of great videos on there. And uh, yeah, some of them are doing like really well. Uh, we got more videos in production. No worries. We, we've already have some recorded. It's just a matter of uh, editing and getting them out there. They will be coming shortly. No worries. Uh, next, with the news, uh, we got news. Let's just enjoy that for a second. Just take it in. <sighs> just take a moment. We feel the gratitude at, at Kingdom Hearts news. Union. We have news. Uh, you know, I I just love that. Like, I just want to take it in. We at Kingdom Hearts Union have news. Well, where all other Kingdom Hearts fan sites have let you down in the past. Where can you turn to for news? It is us. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not being serious. I'm being very facetious about that. This isn't actually news, but I still find it hilarious. So anyway, Kingdom Hearts Union hashtag the tastemakers of the Kingdom Hearts community. I want that added to our Twitter. Uh okay. So here's here's the quote unquote news. Well, you know what? Let's call this segment news question mark, and I'll let y'all in the community decide. Is this news? I don't know. All right, but so a little backstory on the news. So I'm sure all of you have remembered from the past Square Enix, and they have their you know company divided up into what they would call business divisions. They they have business divisions, right? And these business divisions are in charge of various properties within Square Enix. Now, in the past, you know, you had the Division 1, and you had your Division 2, and 3, and 4, and 5, and they had all the way up to, like, I think at one point they had, like, Business Division 15. Like, they had, like, seriously a lot of business divisions. And uh, they decided, basically, this year to cut back. Not, not Not cut, but like merge basically conglomerate i think now they're in to about i want to say like four or five business divisions now max that's all they've got they went from 15 to like five and they didn't cut anybody they just merged a lot of stuff that are similar and the i from what i remember the idea behind that was with the business divisions merged they'll have a lot more interaction between the development teams within the particular business divisions and basically streamline, you know, trying to streamline their talent so that they're all working on projects 
and they're not worrying about what their next project is and you know they they're all helping each other so uh and, and also just a quick uh reminder of where we were with the prior business divisions you know throughout all of kingdom hearts 3 that was the case uh business division 1 that was final fantasy 7 remake still is final fantasy 7 remake they are still business division, business division 1 but final fantasy 7 remake mobius final fantasy way back when they made final fantasy 13 and all those 13 games but that that used to be the old business division 1 uh, Business Division 2, that was Final Fantasy 15. I'm sure many of you saw a lot of people from the FF15 team, they would have the Business Division 2 shirts. Um, that was them. Uh, they're still around, Loomis, Loomis Productions. Uh, my understanding is Loomis Productions is kind of currently a, a different sort of thing. Like, they're their own development studio, but they're owned by Square. Like, they try to operate a little bit separately and I actually read uh, Luminous Production on their um, about page. They're basically describing that they're trying to take the best of both worlds between what their ex not external but like Western development studios have, like IDOS and uh, you know they have uh, Crystal Dynamics. They wanted with Luminous Productions, they're trying to be a development studio like that, you know. Crystal Dynamics isn't in, you know, Crystal, Crystal Dynamics is separate from Square in a way, but is owned by Square. In the same way, IDOS is separate from Square, but owned by Square. And that's the same philosophy that Luminous Production is taking. And, but they're, the big difference is they're in Japan. And also, uh, while they are in Japan, they're actually very open to, uh, uh, foreign developers or foreign, um, yeah, foreign foreign uh, staff members joining. So they're like pretty much a completely bilingual studio uh, in Japan. Really interesting, and and, and uh, that was something that was established even during Final Fantasy fifteen. Like Final Fantasy fifteen's uh, development team was very diverse. Had a lot of people from all over the world. There were people that were like ex Naughty Dog that worked on Final Fantasy fifteen. There are people from all over the world that came from various different teams from the U.S. that worked on uh, Final Fantasy 15. So that that's Business Division Two, or was the Business Division Two Luminous Productions now, uh, and Business Division Three was the Kingdom Hearts team. So that's the general breakdown. You know, it breaks down further. I think the only other interesting thing uh, to note from the old business divisions would be Business Division Five. Uh, five was Final Fantasy XIV, the Naoki Yoshida's business division. Now, at least my current recollection of how the current business divisions shake out, Business Division One contains Final Fantasy VII Remake and our news topic for today. Not only does it contain Final Fantasy VII Remake, but Kingdom Hearts. The Kingdom Hearts team is now back in Business Division 1. Now, back in the day when Kingdom Hearts was still being developed in Tokyo, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 era, they used to always be uh, in the first-party production team. Uh, that used to be a, uh, you know, a part of their uh, first development team. But since moving to Osaka back, you know, back when uh, Birth by Sleep and, 
you know, rechain, re, re, yeah, rechain of memories and all that. Ever since then, it's always been developed by the Osaka team, which at the time was considered Division Three. Now, for whatever reason, it is now confirmed that Kingdom Hearts has now moved into Division One uh, under this current structuring. The reason I know this, well, it's on their uh, recruitment page. They actually have recently completely updated uh, their entire recruitment career page. And on their uh, first party production or in their uh, business division one uh, recruitment page, they have listed three things. Uh, point uh, Game one that is listed is obviously Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's the biggest high profile title that's hiring right now. Uh, next, they have the Kingdom Hearts series, which is just left at that vaguely a Kingdom Hearts series. And then finally, they have one other game, an unannounced title. Uh, I believe it's an action game. We have no idea what that's going to be. So they've got basically three games in production, two announced, one unannounced. And that's all out there. Everybody knows that. There's been a ton of people that have posted about that particular unannounced game, but uh, I guess the the one thing that I don't think anybody mentioned from that that I found was interesting is the fact that this is the first time we've seen Kingdom Hearts listed as being part of Business Division 1. So now my personal like feeling or my personal sense about what this is a, this is more related to is the fact that it's probably just related to Nomura and making things easier for Nomura. Because if you think about it, the two big titles that we know about that are in this business, uh, that are under Business Division 1, they're both headed by Tetsuya Nomura. Like, that's their main tie, is the fact that they're both handled by Tetsuya Nomura. So it may just be the fact that that maybe Business Division 1, that's all of Nomura's projects, possibly. Because in a similar way, you got Business Division 3, the current Business Division 3. That's all of Naoki Yoshida's projects. And Naoki Yoshida's working on one massive unannounced project that we don't know about. They're just describing it as a big HD title. And then also Final Fantasy XIV. Both of those fall under Business Division 3. So I think it's interesting. You know, regardless of uh, of anything, you know, Kingdom Hearts is back under Business Division 1. Uh, so what are your, what are your guys takes on it? Uh, do you think, and I'll start with you, Churro, do you think that them joining business division one again, how do you think that might affect if at all, uh, their production of, uh, the future, uh, kingdom hearts games? Do you think it has any relation at all to how it will affect it? Or do you think this is just a, a matter of convenience for Nomura that, you know, all his projects are under one banner. There's more convenience, you know, it's just, you know, not just Nomura, but for anybody else that's going to join the company and probably, you know, shareholders and everybody else. It's just, yeah, they're just condensing it everything. Easier. Yeah. Just, they're just condensing everything into one, like you said, one banner to make it easier to, yeah, it, it looks easier on reports, you know, when they do their fiscal exactly. reports, their financial like reports. Here's, here's business division one. What's that? It's all Nomura's games. Here's business division three. What's that? It's all Yoshida's games. Like it's simple, right? Yeah, it's just you know I don't there's I don't see anything else besides simplicity. It's just yeah the way it is. You know, it's like I said. You know, it's looks better on reports. And when yeah. when what about, and when people yeah. talk about it too, it makes it easier yeah. to say. 
exactly. What about you, Emily? What do you think? What What's your take on this? Do you see any particular benefit outside of it just being, you know, in name that they're all together? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, let's let's be real. The Kingdom Hearts t- team is still located in, o- in Osaka. That has not changed. We haven't got any information regarding that whatsoever. So as far as we know, and e- even their recruitment page, they're hiring now for Kingdom Hearts series stuff, and all those jobs are in Osaka. So in terms of, like, actual practically speaking, the Kingdom Hearts team is still in Osaka. The Final Fantasy VII Remake team is still in Tokyo. They are separate. So... Like apart from being this being in name only, do you see any benefit to the Kingdom Hearts staff of this being under the same business division, Emily? Well, yeah, I mean, you bring up like an interesting point how like even though they're now a part of the same business division, they're still very like the teams are still very separate. I think from an outsider's perspective, it makes more sense to have, you know, Namora's games on the same business division since he's the lead director yeah. in Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. Well, Kingdom Hearts series in general. Yeah. But I don't know. It's... I don't know. I don't think we, as outsiders, will know much about it if there is anything. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. It, it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't. it definitely doesn't seem that way. I guess yeah. the only clues that we might have is relating to when they first decided to consolidate these, or, or at least their stated reason for consolidating yeah. these. Because I would assume it would be f- just for convenience. Yeah, they they uh, so one of their big things is actually literally, you know, what you've been saying is the fact that they wanted to simplify it for shareholders. Like that's one of the big things. Uh but the other thing is and kind of the upside and at least the way they explained it in, you know, when they did this is the fact that they're, you know, they're trying to like consolidate and have their talent be a little bit more cooperative. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen cuz you know, if you really think about it, when ever does the Final Fantasy VII Remake team have free time to help Kingdom Hearts? They don't. They don't have time. They don't. And conversely speaking, whenever does the Kingdom Hearts team have time to help the Seven Remake team? They don't. But I will say it is interesting and, you know, poss- it's not impossible that... The fact that they are under the same business division, I do find it at least nice, the fact that both teams do work in the same engine. You know, they both work in Unreal Engine 4, and that is uh, a matter of convenience. And I know at least in the past, uh, one of the development strategies uh, Square Enix has had in the past, we saw it back when, uh, or at least they they were going to try to do it, but with Nomura not being the director anymore, it was kind of complicated. But if you remember back to uh, Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts III when those were first announced, uh, one of the things that they were trying to do with that was, oh yeah, Final Fantasy XV, that's being developed on Luminous Engine. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it, in, in one way you could think of it as, you know, Final Fantasy XV's taking the punches and figuring out all the big problems that Luminous might have, and then, you know, it'll benefit Kingdom Hearts, you know, later, because, you know, they're developing stuff for Luminous Engine, because the idea was back then that, oh yeah, you know, Nomura's director of both, they're developing the technology for both, great. 
Now, in this case, thankfully, it's a you know it's a third-party engine. But regardless of it being a third-party engine, the nice thing about Unreal Engine is it's modifiable, and you know for a fact Square has engine development people. So of course they do add in their own tools and things that they have, uh, you know, for their own development practices and making their own game development easier. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they shared technology. That's, you know, again, 100% speculation. That's all we literally can do. I just think it's nice that at least the of the announced projects that we have for Business Division 1, which is literally just two, yeah, or uh, literally just one, actually, but we know that the Kingdom Hearts development team, they work with unreal engine as well both of those uh, you know both of those main teams that we know of that are under the business division one banner they both are operating under namora and they both operate using unreal engine 4 and we have at least heard in the past that there there have been at least some cross-pollination between the the two teams the seven remake team and the kingdom hearts 3 team you know during development they've you know shared a couple of things we don't know how much but i don't know i guess at least for me what i would love to see my ideal scenario for this is it would be pretty nice if you know from a technology standpoint not necessarily content or anything specific to development but if there was any particular piece of tech that could benefit either game it would be nice if you know maybe they had like their own little r&d team in the middle like i that that's kind of what i would like to see you know, this is all, again, outsider perspective. Who knows? We know nothing. All we know is they're under the same business division. But at least in my mind, that's kind of the kind of collaboration that I would like to see is at least from a technology standpoint, you know, you got these massive teams working on two, you know, massive games. And at least with when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy VII Remake has one style pretty much. Like they're going for like, this sort of like stylized realism look. And that's that's what Final Fantasy VII Remake will always look like. But when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and their art style, for Kingdom Hearts, it's pretty much like they will take any input they can get, pretty much. Like any anything they can get because Kingdom Hearts, there's so many different art styles and that's never going to change because... You know, with every Kingdom Hearts game, they're constantly going to all these different worlds. They they constantly need more and more different things. So, you know, I definitely feel like at least from the Seven Remake team, there could be a lot of benefit going from Seven Remake to Kingdom Hearts because you know Kingdom Hearts does occasionally tackle more realistic subject matter. You know, like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. But I don't see so much benefit going the other way i don't see how the kingdom hearts team so much could help the seven remake team but i don't know i'm hoping that at least on paper at least on paper when they talked about this whole restructuring one of the things that they told their shareholders would be the benefit of the, all of this was that it would streamline streamline their uh their talents you know the fact that they have all these talented developers they can help each other i ideally we don't know how that'll work out Obviously, there's a distance issue. Like, they're they're not in the same building, you know. So we don't know, but hopefully, there there will be a little bit of cross pollination, and hopefully that cross pollination directly involves let's get Cloud and Sephiroth back in Kingdom Hearts. 
I mean, that's a possibility now. I mean, a lot of stories have come to an end. That's what Namor right? said himself. We gotta. We that's that is definitely a loose end. And let me just say, so playing um, playing Kingdom Hearts two recently, and one of the things that Cloud says to Aerith, I know this means nothing, but I'm I'm gonna hold. I'm just gonna hold on to any story relevance that we have here. But Cloud. Cloud's talking to Eris, and the first cutscene that you meet Cloud in, you know, it, it's when he's like standing by Scrooge. You know where Scrooge has his little ice cream stall? Like right next to there, like Cloud is sort of like posted up against the wall, and Sora walks up, and then Cloud's like, you know, I'm looking for somebody, you know, he, he's my darkness or whatever, and he's got silver hair and a long sword. And then Eris shows up and is like, oh, are you going to disappear again? Or are you just going to run away again? And he's like, look, if I ever go away, I'm going to come back. Don't worry. He's like, are you sure? And then he's like, yeah, it's fine. And then she's like, oh, you don't look so sure. But basically cloud had a tentative, like I'll probably be back maybe. And then Aerith is like, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> and I mean, then cloud's like, me neither. <laughs> but at least there's, at least it's not set in stone that he's gone. Like, as far as we know, Cloud is off to fight a great battle. <laughs> Maybe he'll be back. Maybe Poochie will come back from his planet one day. We don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think that pretty much covers the news. So, just in summary, Kingdom Hearts is now officially a part of Business Division 1 again. Whoopee! Yay. I guess. <laughs> Hopefully that means more games. Right. In a short amount that, of time. At the end of the day, let's get that. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much covers the quote-unquote news, news question mark segment. Let's move on to our question segment. Our questions, uh, our first question for today comes from Kevin Prather, and he asks, so why did the HD remixes never leave Sony platforms? Do you think in the future they ever will? This always seemed really weird to me that they weren't on, like, Xbox. Because, I mean... Because we knew when the remixes were coming out that Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to be released on Xbox. On Xbox. Or at least we did, I believe, for like 2.5. Yeah. Like when we, when the re-releases, when it was 1.5 plus 2.5, we knew that Kingdom Hearts 3 would be on Xbox One. So it just... Yeah. It's really weird. Because yeah, I can't for sure. think of a reason why they wouldn't. But, I mean, they didn't, because you would think that it would get them more money, and, I mean, right? just from a business standpoint, like, it would have sold. <laughs> right? Like, they're selling, yeah. ca- like, Kingdom Hearts 3, my understanding is Kingdom Hearts 3 did pretty okay on Xbox. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously it wouldn't be, like, you would sell more on PlayStation, yeah. but, like, I, I guess, don't see like, why they couldn't have put 1.5 and 2.5, and even yeah. the whole collection where it was that and 2.8, like. Yeah. It just seemed really weird to me. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of guesses. So I, I guess we have to kind of take this on a per platform basis, you know, and, and that plat, you know, those main platforms would be Nintendo and Microsoft. I guess you could also consider PC, but Nintendo and Microsoft. I could kind of see them not going for Microsoft. And the only reason, Mm -hmm. I guess my main reason for Microsoft not getting it is because at least from them being a Japanese developer, Xbox is just not really a thing out here. It really isn't. Yeah. Nobody really knows about it. I'll I'll just, you know, quick anecdote. I'm sure I've said it in the past one day in at my school. So I teach in Japan at a middle school and I asked my kids one day, 
uh, do you know what an Xbox is? I asked them. And then uh, I asked it in, in Japanese, you know, do you know what Xbox is? And they said, Xbox? Is that like Christmas box? <laughs> <laughs> like X, Xmas? <laughs> so they thought yeah. it was... Cr- so that's that's the level of xbox knowledge that's out here and i'm i'm ta- i'm telling you i'm talking to kids that are like into games they love video games they do not know xbox out here so that's that's kind of my understanding is like at least from their perspective it's like well if we do the xbox thing it's it's literally just for the foreign the the foreign gamers uh I think at least for Kingdom Hearts 3, it was like, that's such a big game, you can't not put it on multi-platform. So it's kind of like, put it where you can put it. And on top of that, the nice thing was with Unreal Engine 4, um, you know, that that's kind of a, you know, an easier proposition because Unreal Engine 4 is a multi-platform engine. So they don't have to worry so much about the porting process because, you know, if you develop on Unreal Engine 4, by default, it's multi-platform. So... Like, so that's for, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like for the second part of the question, do you think in the future they will? I think the prime opportunity has passed, at least for Xbox. I think there's still a chance for maybe the HD remixes going on Switch. Yeah. But yeah. Agreed. I wouldn't think that Kingdom Hearts 3 would go to Switch just because. Yeah. The that, difference. That's not going to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but definitely I think not going to There might run be a Switch. chance for the remixes on Switch. But yeah. Yeah. I and I would know. also agree. Yeah. This is like. We're already past the point where yeah, HD at this remixes point, it's like, can be released. Why would you bother releasing it on Xbox? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if they released on the Xbox Two, whatever that's going to be, um, mm-hmm. at some point. You know, even if just to be a stopgap release. Yeah. But here's a question Which, though: here's, Yeah, would it be physical or would it be digital if they do go that way? Oh, mm. I think it'd be digital. I think digital, but I, I would say, you know, going on that show, if it ever was physical, it would only ever be if it's a, uh, quote unquote, the story so far, it would have to be absolutely everything all in one package. I I, like if if they ever did it, it it would not be 1.5, 2.5. It would be everything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're already releasing, you know, uh, they already have all in one package digitally. So yeah. Yeah. Did the all-in-one pack? It got physical, right? No, only, oh, it, it didn't. Was, it was only the story so far, which was minus Kingdom Hearts three. The all-in-one oh, okay, yeah. okay, all okay. package so the, was always so the story. So, the story so far except got for it. Kingdom Hearts three. Okay, okay, it was bundled gotcha. Together. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, I, I I could see like if they ever did release something physical, it would have to have a lot of games in there. That's the only thing. That's the only way I could see that happening. Um. Yeah, I guess the other thing, just real quick to touch on Nintendo and what I'm, what my feelings are for why we haven't got anything from Nintendo. Um, kind of like what you touched on, Emily, the fact that currently their main platform just wouldn't run Kingdom Hearts three, and you know that's that's one factor. Um, I would also say that um, from a porting aspect. Uh, all these things were clearly ported with the Sony platforms in mind. And unlike Kingdom Hearts 3, they weren't made with Unreal Engine 4. They were made with their own proprietary technology. So any porting that they need to do to get it to run on Xbox or to get it to run on Nintendo Switch, 
that's on their money. That's on their dime. Like they have to do that themselves from scratch because it's their own proprietary technology. So, and on on top of that, that's not cheap, you know, uh, and, you know, you have to consider, you know, how much you could realistically make off of these bundles. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And at the end of the day, it's just like the budget they have to allot to these kinds of remake or remasters and ports of remasters the amount of budget that they have to allot to it is not that high. So even though, yeah, from a, you know, from a logical standpoint, there's no reason that it couldn't be done. It's just a matter of, do they have the budget to go through with it? Cause you have to consider that it's not just porting one game. It's like porting 10 games or like, I don't know in, in, in the bundle, it's like six, six different titles and then on top of that you add in stuff from 0.2 or at least you know dream drop distance that's a lot of games to be porting and you have to port that game you have to test it like there's a lot that goes into a port that and and the fact that it's you know all proprietary technology it's not unreal engine 4 that makes it kind of a, a complicated situation that being said if you ever want to go to youtube and hear about a potential option for kingdom hearts 1 we have a great video it's called why kingdom hearts 1 deserves a remake and one of the points dedicated in there is why if they ever did that hey then we could get a port to the nintendo switch and i'll just add hey that that would no problem run on uh, xbox because if it's running on unreal engine 4 Hey, it's multi-platform by default. Shameless plug over. All right, so moving on to the next question. Emily, if you could take the next question. So this is from Mars Force. It is. How do you feel about a Kingdom Hearts game going to only one Disney World, but going very in-depth? I always felt the Kingdom Hearts versions of Worlds were a little too rushed and skipped too many things. Um, I wouldn't know about one, but maybe a couple if you're going to go very in-depth just to give yourself some variety in it. But I do have to agree that it's rushed, but that's because, you know, they have to cover so many other things around it. Yeah. So you would... Agreed. So if, you know, because you know how Kingdom Hearts 2 had, what, 13 worlds, I guess, I think? Yeah. You know, going but they're all very, you know, and... and, and and Kingdom Hearts 2, you had to go back to it twice. So you had two different stories. Yeah. So here you are in one world where it's like an entire movie's worth, pretty much. You know, but like skipping yep. a lot of scene, you know, a lot of things. So, but now you got to, you know, reverse that role and go through the whole storyline. Um, I don't know. Like, I... I don't yeah, think I, guess, I don't think it's gonna yeah. be like one Disney World. I think it has to be like multiple ones, like because I don't yeah. think fans are gonna appreciate that it's only one Disney World with a yeah. With just I definitely think f- fans' expectations would probably make it impossible. I think the only thing that I could think of that might be reasonable, maybe, I, I would think, be yeah. I, it just really depends on like the plot that they put with it, because a lot of major complaints yeah. for Kingdom Hearts three was that a. They felt that it wasn't a lot of worlds uh, uh, yeah. in the game. And two, mm. they felt like the storylines were kind of meh to begin yeah. with. You know, whether it's, you know, following the movie's plotline or following Being a sequel. More original. More original, yeah. like a sequel. You know, but even though the worlds were expansive, they just felt really empty. 
Yeah. I guess for me, the only thing that I could see like holding up for an entire game, it couldn't be a regular Disney movie. Like it, it can't be something like that. The only thing that I could think of that comes to mind, which currently would be contractually impossible, would be something like either Star Wars. So Star Wars would be the one that's contractually impossible. And then uh, Marvel and like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the case of those two properties, technically speaking, it wouldn't be covering one film, but it would it, it could potentially cover one property, so to speak. Yeah, because I would basically say probably Marvel makes more sense because they have a lot more stuff that happened at the same time, like timeline wise. Not only that, you know, it's one continuous you know saga for both Star Wars exactly. and Marvel. It's you know you have a bunch of these Disney worlds. That are like, you know, I, some of them have, like, for example, if you do like Pirates, Pirates yeah. 1, if you do Pirates 1, 2, and 3 within the same world visit, then, you know, I'd be down for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it would have to be something that, like, it, it can't just be one movie. It would have to be a property where it's a very expansive story because as, as big and broad as we think these movies are, at the end of the day, they only run for two hours. The Kingdom Hearts games, they got to run for 30 hours, 40 hours. They, you know, they're, they're a lot longer than that. So you need, like, if you're going to do something on that level, it would have to be a property that could support that. And the two main properties that I can think of from Square or from Disney that, or at least that Disney owns that could handle that would be Star Wars or Marvel. Like those are the two main ones where it's like, all right, those worlds are big enough and expansive enough that you could support a massive story like that. The only thing that I think separates them both is one, Star Wars currently contractually impossible. Uh, EA's got the exclusive on making any Star Wars games. Uh, And then two, while Marvel is possible and Square actually is making a Marvel game, I think that... I think that's the main problem is Square's already making a Marvel game that is doing pretty much that where it's covering pretty much everything Marvel. So I think Square wouldn't want to step on its own toes uh, with regards to that. So while I think maybe in the future we might see Marvel and maybe after EA's uh, license lapses, maybe we'll see uh, Star Wars being a possibility. I don't think there would ever be uh, a game where it's just one world the only way it could could be be that is if you know a you know it's going to be original world that namoro wrote himself yeah b and two or b um yeah it has to be like a huge free roam type of setting yeah with like built-in missions and quests within it speaking on that you know the one world that i do think of that i think could support you know, if if they wrote it properly, the one world that we have, it's not based on any particular movie, but the one world that we do have that I think there's potential in is the Disney Castle world. I think there could be, kind of like what you said, uh, a, a big adventure written there because that world is mostly original. It's kind of like that, um, um, Mario 64. You know, it's yeah. You have yeah. one giant castle with all these. You know, you have a you know basement. You have the out yeah. the moat outside. You have the you know climbing up the stairs of the tower. It's all one giant thing, but it's all connected by different paintings that you exactly. go into. And 
and you know we know that there's a town outside of the castle we don't know what's beyond the town we don't know what else the world holds uh we don't know how much is connected with uh you know different areas so I would say out of all of the Disney worlds, and this wouldn't be related to a particular movie, but out of all the Disney worlds that we know of, I feel like that's the one world that I think has the most potential. And it's mostly because, like you said, it's it's an original thing. It's, <laughs> and that gives Namora the opportunity that if he were to do that, obviously it would be a very different direction from the direction that Kingdom Hearts has been going in. But if he ever decided to do something where it was mostly focused on one world, I think, and, and this is just an opinion, I think you could even make probably like a Final Fantasy, like a classic Final Fantasy style adventure. You know, I'm thinking like Final Fantasy 1 style, you know, where you start from the original castle town and then you go out and go, uh, you know, maybe they have an overworld or an open world or whatever. And uh, you be- go to missions and maybe there's other towns there out there as oh, well. Unless he decides to do something like uh, 0.2, you know, you go from, you know, yeah. Cinderella's castle to Dwarfwood lands, you know, all yeah. within the and same. That could be more Mario 64 style, which, Hey, I'm down with that. I'm surprised more games didn't go that route where you had the hub level and then you teleport to other worlds. Like I know a lot uh, there were a lot of Mario copycats at the time when Mario 64 came out, but after that, there really weren't too many copycats that tried that sort of a thing. I mean, uh, the um, Ocarina of Time, you know, was able to do that without going into, yeah, you know, the, you basically you have all the beginning temples and you have the adult link temples, and it's still within yep. the same open world. Yeah, yeah, they were able to do it. So yeah, I I think that's probably the route that would have to be if it, if it was if Kingdom Hearts was gonna only go to one world in a game, I think it would have to be something like that. Which yeah, I don't I don't know if that would happen, but and since, I think Min, that would and since be Mickey the has different alternate versions of stuff, you know how you have in Kingdom Hearts two, you have the castle from the modern yep. time to you know the Steamboat Willie you know, yeah. version of himself. So basically it could be, you know, Disney castle, but then it branches out to different variations of Mickey mouse over the years. And maybe yeah, even throw yeah. in, you know, Oswald, the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great opportunity to include him. He'd, he'd probably have a pretty interesting story. Uh, so yeah, I think that covers that question. Uh, sure. If you could take this next one, <laughs> this one is by nowhere Jones and they write, would you be okay with number titles being released episodically? If, it meant we would get important Kingdom Hearts releases more frequently. What if each episode was the size and scope of 0.2? So, you know, you had me not wanting it up until that last part. Because <laughs> for me personally, I, I really liked 0.2, and I kind of felt like 0.2 was a very unique kind of episode because to me 0.2 felt like a full story. Like, it has a beginning, middle, and an end. Now, it's not the same scope and size and scale of a full Kingdom Hearts game, but in terms of being just a story, it almost felt like, I don't know, like a movie. Like, kind of like, uh, you know, back cover, for example. It felt like that level of story, like that much story, but told and also with gameplay. Like, I wouldn't be so annoyed by that and i guess in that case then i wouldn't be uh annoyed if it was one disney world because hey that's the length of one disney world but uh 
Yeah, I would say, though, the one thing that really helped 0.2 is the fact that it was, like, very much main plot focused and didn't feel like filler. I think the one real downside is, you know, and in the question I was talking about, like, would you okay with number titles being released episodically? I think what works for 0.2 is the fact that it's covering main story stuff. Disney stuff is featured, but it's, you know, it's largely stuff that's important to the plot. In, yeah, it's, in it's, it's pretty much filling in gaps. That's all it is. Whereas, and answering questions you know, that were exactly. you know, unanswered before. Whereas, you know, if you think about Kingdom Hearts worlds as they are in a numbered title, there's a lot more space in between big plot points and, like, I'm just thinking, like, for example, would I feel it be acceptable if the Lion King world was an episodic release and then that's my only Kingdom Hearts this year? I don't think I'd be okay with that. Uh, or or the Pirates either. of the Caribbean world as it was originally released. No, because, like, cause like it, it's just weird now because, like, companies going episodic. I understand development times are long yeah. nowadays. And they want to get the game out as soon as possible because it's either come is either going to come down to either a the game's going to be completed, but it's going to be a rush yeah. product and it's going to be buggy, or b they're going to yeah. release it you know episodically, but then like you get to play it ahead of time and the game's actually you know an actually a good game, but then yeah. you have the whole you know I'm not getting the full sixty dollars worth that I'm paying for, you know mm-hmm. that's one of the big complaints with Seven Remake right now is that. We're paying sixty dollars, yeah, and not, yeah. and we're not even giving the full, you know, seven first, story. you know, full yeah. seven story, and it's like, you know, how many more? And then Twinix isn't even sure of how many more, you know, titles is going to be released before yeah, you get the full experience. No yep, I I definitely agree. I, I it's like, yeah, I I think if they ever did episodic, it, the structure of the story would have to be different from any other Kingdom Hearts game we've ever encountered. Because it, like, uh, you know, like I was saying before, I cannot imagine, for example, if they released Kingdom Hearts 2 episodically, that would not work. There's too much filler. Fans fans would just be upset. They would be so upset. So it would have to be... Now, that being said, if it was more like what 0.2 was, I think 0.2 is an example of an episode that was okay that people like that it you yeah, know, told it, a full story it told a full story think, plus it brought in the hype for kingdom hearts 3 because basically exactly. I, you know it, it filled in the gaps of the, the, you yeah. know of what it was missing and then at the end of it it's like you got that tiny little teaser of kingdom hearts 3. yeah and the other nice thing is unlike you know like final fantasy 15 with the episode the sky demo like that thing had no importance whatsoever it was literally just a demo but with 0.2 like it was part demo but also part real full story it's kind of like, like ground zeros with mini Gasol exactly. five you know like it, it, it had real purpose mm-hmm. now uh, i'm gonna throw another slight curveball what if kingdom hearts 2.9 was an episode would you would you have been okay with that because at least for me personally i felt 2.9 story the Olympus Coliseum world story, I kind of felt like that story was pretty big and actually did have quite a few important things. Kind of like it was a little bit atypical for your typical Kingdom Hearts world. And actually aspects of that world had repercussions throughout the whole story, Uh, you know, kind of atypically, you know, being a Disney world, you don't expect that. But 
It, I personally, you know, I think that would have been okay. I was fine. It with just that. depends and on I, depends if it was the right price. Yeah, yeah. Because de- you know how have to be for the right price. Because you know how when uh the episode of Sky demo was re- was released with Type Zero, and basically yep. every and you know even though everybody been wanting Type Zero, you know for a long time, but at that point people wanted you know fifteen a lot, you know more. So yep, a lot of people exactly. were spent because a lot of I see a lot of people were saying you know oh you spent sixty dollars on a demo, and totally ignoring yep. that you got Type Zero with it. It was so, kind of the same thing with uh with with zero point two really because it was it was part of the bundle of uh two point eight. But you know, but like yeah, true. But then you also got an extra bonus, which was the, you know, back cover. You know, yeah, you got back cover and you got uh, an HD remaster of uh of Dream Drop Distance. So yeah, I would definitely say of the two like bundles, so to speak. You know, type zero an episode to Sky versus two point eight. Hands down, two point eight so much better, so much better. And on top of that, in terms of being fan service for Kingdom Hearts fans, one you get an HD version of Dream Drop Distance, which was trapped on the 3DS's crappy screen, and not just HD, but it's HD and 60 frames per second. And if you play it on a PlayStation 4 Pro, it is 4K 60 FPS. That is crazy bonkers amazing. Like that upgrade from being a crappy, like less than standard definition resolution on the crappy 3DS screen with frame drops versus 4K 60 FPS. Like that to me was very valuable. And I I personally really like dream drop distance so i was happy to buy that and on top of all that an hour-long movie and on top of that you get uh 0.2 which is like another you know i would say like movie-like experience like to me you know on paper aspects of 2.8 if you just look at it on paper just the raw stats it might feel to some people like uh, it's kind of a jip because like, look, it's less than what we got before, you know, uh, in 2.5, we got birth by sleep and we got two final mix and we got recoded. Like those are two full games. And then, a, and then a movie, this one, we, we get a, a full game, a movie and like a tiny little piece of a game. Well, let me ask like, you to this. Me, I don't feel that. Let me ask you this. If going back to what you said, if 2.9 was yeah. released by itself, what would you price it at? What would you think is a fair if price? If it was released by itself, man, I would say the most I would spend would be like 20 bucks. And I still, I think that's, that's kind like of most. high. <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind, kind of high. Like 15. I think the way, I think it should be about $10. I was going to say think, $10. Yeah. Cause you I know, say 10, my, my max is 20. Cause, cause, yeah. I, cause let's put it this way. Cause you know how, uh, Everybody was saying that 0.2 was like the Kate's 3 demo, pretty yeah. much, you know. But then yeah, it's like, yeah. here we have, you know, a delay. You remember, uh, Kate yeah. was delayed to, you know, just by a month, you know. Yeah. But here, for example, what if Nomura per- proposed a solution for the delay? It was like, oh, we're, I apologize for the delay, but. We're going to release 2.9 We're going to release 2.9 part of the segment, you know, of the game early for you guys to kind of like as an apology and it's like here he is for ten dollars i would think do you think the fan base would be upset at that if it was ten dollars i'd be upset yeah what if crazy (laughs) crazy thought 
What if 0.2 and 2.9 was a a bundle game and they released that for 20 bucks? I think I think they probably still be pissed cuz <laughs> they they're be not because yeah. but... they're yeah. still waiting long. I mean, they're already they're already pissed well, okay, because of the look, delay anyway. Let's not gauge <laughs> on how good something is based on if the Kingdom Hearts community would be pissed by it cuz the Kingdom Hearts community can be pissed about anything. True. For yeah. any degree. So, but yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, I think I, I'd be down. I'd be down because for me, I actually kind of always felt like 2.9 was probably at, I think at certain points they considered it, honestly, because we were, yeah. remember because it does when feel we, kind of separate from Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. And when we and actually first literally heard, <laughs> when we first heard about 2.9, we actually heard about 2.9 before we heard about 0.2 because it appeared on that screen at E3 for like a split second and people found it. So and on top of that, remember they they were always talking about the fact that yeah, uh, Olympus Coliseum's done. <laughs> like for the longest time, they were talking about the fact that the Olympus Coliseum world was done. I wouldn't be surprised if it was because of that reason, because they actually like had done it like done that. Everybody was joking about you know, no, Kingdom Hearts three isn't going to get released. We're going to get two point nine. And Nomura's yeah. always yeah. stated that if fans do this, he will do it in response. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. He just yep. does that all despite. That's the type of person he is. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that one. And then uh, I'll take this last one. This one comes from Joseph Robertson. And he asks, do you think that Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days would work well on the Switch as a remake? I think with it being the main Nintendo handheld now, it'd be good, especially with some online missions you could do. Add in some DLC characters for mission mode, say the foretellers, and I'd be down for that. I definitely think this is a really good question because I think the Kingdom Hearts community has kind of been talking about it for a very long time now. Like, what if Days got remade? Because everyone loves the story, but yeah. then you think of like the DS and the graphics and the gameplay, and it's uh, like, if only that was treated better. And it's so sad because it's such a great story and it's yeah. been done so dirty because yeah, for one, like, it's got the crappy game version and now the quote unquote definitive version has all the battles taken out of it because it's just yeah. it's just the cutscenes. Yeah, and like when the remixes were first coming out, of course, everyone wanted, you know, this remake to be included with the remixes, but I kind of think it would work better on Switch now than if yeah. they did it before. I don't know if they would do it, just because I don't know if it makes sense for them, like how well would it actually sell, and mm-hmm. is there enough demand, stuff like that. I mean, the, I the demand is there. I think it's a good idea. I would buy it. Demand is there, but the question yeah. is, would Nomura make, have his team really worry about that now, even though he yeah. just concluded that saga? It's like, he Nomura's yeah. already shown that he wants to move on. To the next mm-hmm. one, unless yep. you know Nomura can afford to have maybe a third party team, yeah, that's not Square Enix yep. to work on it for him. But at the same time, I think that it's just a day's remake is probably not in the cards for any yeah. possible yeah, future. I think I really like yeah. the idea. It's just I don't. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a great idea. I think kind of going on, you know, because we did we literally did a, a video about a a remake of kingdom hearts one and yeah going on the what you were saying churro about like yeah Nomura wants to move on why would he go out of his way to do any remakes yeah because if he wanted to do it he would have done it already yeah 
for sure. So the the arguments that we gave for for at least for Kingdom Hearts One is that the fact that that Kingdom Hearts One, unlike any other game, has a specific reason. It's the opening, you know, it's the opening of the entire franchise. It's everybody's entry point into the series. So if any game's going to get remade first, it's probably going to be that one. On top of that, it's the oldest and it's the most like significant in terms of getting fans into the series. So from a functional standpoint, it's very important. That being said, I I would say I didn't mention it in the video so clearly, but I definitely wanted to talk more about it was the fact that the thing about uh, days is the fact that days, honestly, it reuses like most of its assets are reused from other games. So if a kingdom hearts one, remake was made then i would feel like a days remake would be a lot more likely because so much of days's assets do come from kingdom hearts one do come from kingdom hearts two and the only reason i could see them going down the route of doing a, a series of remakes would be and I, I i did bring this up in the video is uh, using the budget that they would use to make that remake and using it as an excuse to remake old assets to build up their asset pool again. Because the nice thing in the past with those you know, Kingdom Hearts games that were the PS2 quality Kingdom Hearts games, the reason they were able to make games like Days and Birth by Sleep and all that so quickly and easily is because they had all these this massive back catalog of old PS2 quality assets that you know, if they want to include Mickey in a scene, no problem. We got a bu- we got a ton of Mickeys. You want Donald? We got a ton of Donalds. You know, they've they've got all these old assets. They can just bring them to the game, adjust them for the particular platform. But you know, for the most part, they've got all these assets. So, uh, and, and the one downside is with these modern games, these newer games, is if they ever want to reuse any of those areas then they have to remake those old assets and use the budget for the new game to make the old stuff. So the main stuff that I could see, or the main reason I would see to do this sort of stuff, to do any remake really, is, well, Kingdom Hearts 1 is special, but to do any other remake apart from Kingdom Hearts 1, I think the only reason would be to build up their asset pool again. Because back in the PS2 quality era, they had a big asset pool. Now we don't have that. Now we're starting from scratch on everything. And that makes every game that they make a much harder prospect because that means they have to make everything from scratch because everything is new again. So that would be my only like main argument for making any remake is to build up the asset pool again, the one that we had before, because that'll make making new games a lot easier. And, you know... uh you know, for example, if they ever wanted to do a, um, you know, a Union Cross, like console quality version of Union Cross, well, they go to a lot of uh, like old worlds as well in that. So, you know, by, uh, you know, making something like that, you can build up your asset pool or, you know, there's all these different ways. But I think for those kinds of like B tier projects, that's probably their main secret goal is like, here's an opportunity to use a different budget and get paid for it to make our old assets again. Like that would be the main goal in my mind. If I, if I was in charge of those things, that would be my main goal. 
let's make these old assets, but use a different budget and then take all that. And then not only that, but sell it to people and make money as opposed to in kingdom hearts three, like, you know, bust your balls and having to make twilight town again. And you're using your twi- your kingdom hearts three budget and you're not getting any extra revenue off of it because it's only for kingdom hearts three. Like that's, that to me is why Twilight Town was so cut back on. That's also why I feel like uh, Winnie the Pooh was also really cut back on a lot is because that's the only thing that's literally all they have. And that's only, that's the, all the, that's all they could afford to do. Whereas, you know, if you do a remake and you do all those assets, like, yeah, it's with a different budget and yeah, that costs money, but guess what? You can sell that to people and make money. Whereas you can't sell Twilight Town to people and make money. You can't sell the Twilight Town from Kingdom Hearts 3 to make money. You can't do that. But if you made a Kingdom Hearts 2 remake, then you kind of can in that sense. Uh, another thing, uh, speaking towards uh, 358 over 2, one massive thing that we can't forget that is really good about 358 over 2 to be remade is the fact that all of the animation's been updated for the cutscenes. All the cutscene animation is done. Yes, they would have to apply it to new models, but you know, if you go look at my uh, Kingdom Hearts remake video, you can see how that is not a difficult prospect. Taking that really high quality animation that is a that is currently being applied to a PS2 quality model, you can apply that to a, a higher end model. I showed uh, some uh comparisons with uh Yakuza Kiwami uh 2 if you want to see that in the video. youtube.com/kitchenfits. Shameless plug. Uh, uh, just real quick in terms of DLC and the mission mode. Yeah, I'm totally with you. That's, that's, that sounds a lot, like a lot of fun. I don't know about the foretellers. That seems like a bit of a reach, but Hey, I, I want to know more about how these foretellers operate. I want to see more of their abilities. We got like barely a glimpse of it in back cover, ironically speaking, but yeah, maybe, maybe there's, uh, you know, more than meets the eye to the foretellers and their, uh, abilities. So I think that pretty much wraps up our question segment. So for our music for this episode, we have a remix of Don't Think Twice by Silver Tom. It's the uh, Don't Think Twice Silver Tom 93 Tropical House remix. So if you want to hear this uh, on, on his YouTube channel, just go to Silver Tom 93 on YouTube. And our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 26th of November. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yeah. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It's goodbye time. Already? Can you believe it? We hit an hour on our recording. Nice. (laughs) Look, if anything, the true miracle workers is us because we are able to make our we're still able to make hour long episodes i surprise even me that's you know what if anything that just shows how much we love kingdom hearts is that we can like we can sit and talk about literally anything about this dang game and still like make it go 
for as long as it needs to go for the episode. I just love that. But hey, I think we talked a lot about a lot of good stuff. We got, you know, Kingdom Hearts going to uh, the first party uh, development. Uh, Biz Division 1 finally went over to that. So that's interesting to know. And we talked about a lot of really interesting oh, uh, stuff. Before we say goodbyes, when, yeah. do, you, when do you think we're going to get the next uh, Remind tr- information? Cause that's we got, a good question. Because we got, we got concerts coming up in Osaka. Yep. At the I'm end going of the month. that one. Yeah. And then there's uh, the Game Awards in the uh, 12th of December. And then I think the week after that, there's Jump Festa. And then, yeah, you know, because Nomura doesn't want to release Remind too close to 7 Remake. Yeah. You know? I'll put a ceiling on it. I think it will not... We will not end this year without getting a new Remind trailer. I think before the end of the year, we will get a new trailer. Yeah, do you a release date too with it? Yes. And a release date. All right. That's my that's my current guess. What about you, Emily? What what are you feeling? I kind of agree with you there. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it'd be at the game awards. I don't, it just doesn't seem very. I, don't know. I mean, anything can Maybe happen at the, the game awards. I mean, come on. Yeah. Last that's year true. we had. I mean, Death, yeah, last Death year we Stranding's had, out. So Death Stranding's yeah. out. You know, remember the very first game awards, I believe, or second one. Nomura was there. Yeah. Square yep. Enix. Square Enix had a big presence there. So. You know, anything could happen. Remember, we got Joker and Smash last year, so I know. True. So you know, we nobody was expecting that. So you know, like That's I said, true. you'll never see it coming. Exactly. So everybody puts you know the Game Awards down for how you know how it is, but it's still a good resource. I for like the Game news. Awards. I would up. say, yeah, I would say Game Awards for me. It's like it's the most random grab bag ever. It, sometimes well, it's great. Especially for Remind. sometimes it's not. Yeah. Maybe yeah. If, if it was Kingdom Hearts like three, but I think for Remind, yeah. I just don't know if it's the presences. I mean, may, but maybe, you know, since Game Awards <laughs> is so random, maybe it's perfect yeah. for a Game Awards. Hey, <laughs> you never know. Hey, because remember just a how. a trailer that confuses everyone. Well, yeah. remember, uh, nobody perfect. expected Joker to be released, you know, and here we are yep. approaching the year mark since his, an- his announcement. You know, maybe they'll, you know, complete that circle by announcing another Smash character. Maybe it could be Sora. To promote remind. No, that would be good. I'd be down. I'd be you down. Know, you Sword just never know. Smash. That's the that's the neat I don't thing play, about it. I don't play Smash, yeah, but I don't I'm play down. Smash, but I'd be so excited. You know, you just I'd never know. So that's happy. I think that's the neat thing about the Game Awards is because you just don't know what's gonna what gonna yeah. what's gonna happen there. I mean, if you really want to see a true miracle worker, that is Sakurai. Sakurai is such a miracle worker, <laughs> but. I think c- currently probably the biggest miracle that he would have to work would be Sora for Smash because Sora yeah. getting Sora in Smash is asking like Sora Sora's creation was a miracle. He he was you know, he surmounted the battle between the legal battle between two massive conglomerates Square and Disney, but for him to enter Smash, he has to survive Square, Disney, and Nintendo all at the same time. If Sakurai can pull that off, he is a magician. He needs to be on a pen teller fool it. He needs to... Look, that man, he already is a magician. He's already already a legend. He's already there. It's like, okay, but what tier? What tier of magician is he? (laughs) How far can he go with his magic? He's already basically a vampire because he doesn't age. 
how far will he go for Sora? That is the question. By the way, just just throwing it out there, the name of his company is Sora. And you gotta remember, Sakurai and Nomura are friends too. They had they that are. they had that interview. Yep. That one they time. are friends. I think it's possible, but I, I would also say while there is there's a lot going for Sora, there's equally just as much against it, <laughs> if not more. So I think it I think to make it happen we just need a little bit of Sakurai magic, but it's gonna be a little bit more magic than than usual. I mean they made Cloud happen, but Cloud is just square Nintendo. The next level is Disney, and good god, they have a they have a lot of power. That's that's some powerful magic Disney has. I would not envy uh being in those meetings trying to make that happen. But uh anyway, so yeah. I think that's everything. So, guys, say your goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you. And I'm Brandon. Say goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.